history of the bands. Welcome, welcome, welcome to History of the Bands. I am your host, the human Google machine, Brandon Withers. How is everybody's? Eyes doing good. And welcome to the scary episode. <laughs> this is our Halloween episode. And this episode, we are going to be talking about Rob Zombie. He has been doing music since 1985 with his first band called White Zombie and then branched out on his own. We will discuss his solo career today along with his movie career. He has seven studio albums and directed 11 films. He has numerous platinum records and gold records. So let's get started. Rob was born, and I'm probably going to screw this up, Robert Bartlow Cummings. Bartlow, Bartlett, Barla. It's spelled B-A-R-T-L-E-H. But anyway, Zombie was born in Haverhill, Massachusetts on January 12th, 1965. His parents are Robert and Louise Cummings. He has one little brother named Michael David Cummings, known as Spider One from the band Power Man 5000. Zombie grew up fascinated with horror movies, and he stated he always wanted to be like Alice Cooper and Steven Spielberg and Stan Lee. All three of those gentlemen rolled up into one. His parents worked for a carnival, but chose to quit after a riot broke out and tents start catching on fire. Uh, Zombie said the experience was like people pulling out guns and shooting, and someone he knew got hit in the face with a hammer. With a hammer. That's like straight up in one of Rob Zombie's movies. So his parents like packed up really quick during this riot and got the heck out of there. So yeah, like that's very traumatizing, especially for a kid. Even though he was fascinated with horror films, that's traumatizing. His father would work two jobs after all that and never complained from what Zombie had said. Zombie was a sickly child and had to take a bunch of like medication growing up. So he wasn't allowed to take gym class till one day he said, screw it and stop taking the medication and got better on his own. Which, you know, I read the exact same thing about Eminem. His mom was like feeding him all this medications, telling him that he was a sickly child and he quit taking it and he was fine. Kind of ironic how that, you know, ties together. But like I said, he just quit taking the medication. He got better on his own. He stopped eating red meat at a, at that time because he's seen such you know horrific things about people killing animals to eat them. So that's when he became a vegan. He grew up in a small yet weird town. 
there wasn't a whole lot to do, so he watched TV all day till he couldn't anymore. He also would make movies with his brother. He was labeled the weird kid, which I know all about, and I know how he felt. <laughs> he was also a perfectionist, and nothing he did was ever good enough in his own eyes. Now, that was a very interesting childhood now that I have sat there and told you all about that. Like, he has had a very interesting childhood, you know, very traumatizing, yet very boring. And after, you know, they had a normal life because all he wanted to do is watch TV. But let's move on just a little bit here. He would go on to graduate from Haverhill High School in 1983, then moved to New York to go to Pratt. He would be a production assistant for Pee Wee's Playhouse. While in New York, he would meet future bandmate Sean, and I'm not going to attempt to say her last name, but just know it's Sean. <laughs> they would date for seven years and started a band called White Zombie. I think you guys know about White Zombie. If you haven't, why don't you look them up? <laughs> the name White Zombie comes from the 1932 horror film White Zombie, who he played, like, who, I'm sorry, who one of his idols was Bell Luigi's. I might have messed that up. It's spelled L U G O S I. Luigi! No, I'm joking. <laughs> White Zombie would make four studio albums. Two of them would go platinum, and their last album peaked at number six on the billboards. They had some good hits like Thunder Kiss 65, Black Sunshine, Feed the Gods, More Human Than Human, and I'm Your Boogeyman. In 1996, Rob legally changed his name to Rob Zombie, and he began working on a solo album when he was asked what about, you know, White Zombie? He said that it had ran its course. So he was ready to move on. Now, reading that his ex-girlfriend was also his bandmate, and they broke up in 1994, he just knew it was a matter of time that they would eventually separate. You know, it was kind of weird, you know. It's a little controversial, but I think Rob was just done. Also, you know, like I said, it was his ex-girlfriend. He had done begin dating Sherry Moon. And, you know, she might have been like, you know, hey, it's kind of awkward that your ex-girlfriend's in the band. But who knows? Only Rob Zombie, Sherry Moon, Zombie, and Sean knows that. Also, I think he wanted more creative control. Just my opinion. I think that's what he wanted. Leave a comment if what you guys think. But White Zombie officially broke up in 1998, which is where we will begin today on Rob Zombie's solo album, his very first album. <laughs> the first album is Hellbilly Deluxe, released August 25th, 1998 by Geffen Records and produced by Rob Zombie and Scott Humphrey. 
this album was a huge success, reaching the top five in the billboards and went platinum in a hurry. The album sold 121,000 copies in the first week. Now, Zombie had recruited John from White Zombie to play the drums. He was introduced to Riggs through a mutual friend, and that's how he ended up with a guitar player, and the bassist was Blasco. Rob began working on this album with Charlie of Nine Inch Nails, but Charlie had to go on tour, so Scott came in to finish it with him. Rob even had Tommy Lee play drums for two tracks. Lee was a friend of Scott's, and Lee had just gotten out of jail and was sleeping at the studio, so Rob just said, hey, wanna lay down some tracks here? Which is what Lee needed. He said he felt at his lowest at that time, and doing that really helped him get out of that slump. The track list is called Of The Zombie, Super Beast, Dragula, Living Dead Girl, Prevision 99, Demonoid Phenomenon, Spook Show Baby, How to Make a Monster, Meet the Creeper, The Ballad of Resurrection, Joe and Rosa, um, Whore, I'm sorry, I had to say it, What Lurks on Channel X, Return of the Phantom Stranger, and the beginning of the end for a total length of 38 minutes and 23 seconds. The hits are Dragula, which was the lead hit, Living Dead Girl, and Super Beast. This album was based around classic horror movies and contained samples and quotes from Rob's favorite horror films. Rob would do a remix of this album the following year called American Made Music to Strip By. He would work on a lot of projects and was trying to get into directing. He had basically wrote the script for his first movie and began filming it in May of 2000. But we will discuss it in just a minute. He would enter the studio to start recording the second album. It is called The Sinister Urge, released November 13, 2001, by Geffen Records and produced by Rob and Scott again. Rob st stuck with the horror movie type theme, but had more of a dance beat to his songs. Like, you could totally play this album at a rave and people are going to be dancing. This album peaked at number 8 on the billboards and went platinum. He had Ozzy Osbourne and Kerry King come in to do some work on this album as well. The track list is Sinners, Inc., Demon Speeding, Dead Girl Superstar, Never Gonna Stop, Ironhead, Go to California, Feel So Numb, Transylvania Transmission, Part 1, Bring Her Down, Scum of Earth, and House of a Thousand Corpse. For a total length of 39 minutes and 31 seconds, the hits was Demon Speeding, Dead Girl Superstar, Never Gonna Stop, and 
feel so numb. I love Never's Gonna Stop. Used it like for my cell phone, ringtones. I was a huge fan of it also because there was a, I'm a wrestling fan and there was a wrestler named Edge who used it as his theme song. Feel So Numb is definitely a dance type song. This would be the last album that Riggs and John Tempesta would work on. In 2002, Rob announced that he was engaged to his girlfriend, Sherry Moon. Originally, the couple set the wedding date to be November 9th, 2002, but they couldn't wait any longer, so they got eloped on October 31st, 2002 at Graceland Wedding Chapel. Well, remember when I said he was working on a movie back in like 2000? Well, Lionsgate Entertainment finally picked up his movie and House of a Thousand Corpse was released April 11th, 2003. It was met with negative reactions from critics saying it was grotesque, violent, gruesome, but it had since gained a cult following. I enjoyed it because Rain Wilson was in it and we all know that he is Dwight from The Office. In September of 2003, he released his Greatest Hits album that I got and listened to it so much that it don't even work anymore. <laughs> like, really, it just, like, when it goes in there, it skips the track. That kind of deal. <laughs> the album debuted at number 11, on the billboard so it was a big success as well he would work on a sequel to house of a thousand corpse and it is called the devil's rejects released july 22 2005 this movie did better than the first one and painted a picture that the bad guys were kind of like the good guys by the end of it spoiler alert sorry um like, really, it was a really good movie, guys. Like, you should totally watch it if you have not already seen it. <laughs> but it was also very violent. He would go back into the studio in 2005 to record his third album called Educated Horses, released March 28, 2006, by Geffen Records and produced by Rob and Scott again. This album was the first album with John Five and Tommy playing for him, but it was the last album with Blasco. Rob had stated that this was an experimental album and was influenced by glam rock of all things. <laughs> the album debuted at number five on the billboards and was had sold 120,000 copies in the first week. The track list is Sawdust in the Blood, American Witch, Foxy Foxy, 17-Year Locust, The Scorpion Sleeps, 100 Ways, Let It All Bleed Out, Death of It All, Ride, The Devil's Rejects, and The Lords of Salem. For a total length of 38 minutes and 25 seconds. The hits are American Witch, Foxy Foxy, Let It All Bleed Out, 
and the Lords of Salem. I also really dig the Devil's Rejects song. It was really good. I remember getting my dad to buy me this album. And I would just totally jam out to it every day after school. I would recommend this album. This album did go gold. So go listen to it, guys. <laughs> Hey guys, let's talk about JND Books. Yes, that's Journey, Not Destination. You guys need to totally go check out this podcast. If you are into sci fi books or just want a book read to you, that is the perfect podcast for you. So go check it out. <laughs> So he did another Greatest Hits album that focused just on his solo career. And also during that time, it was confirmed that he had signed to remake John Carpenter's Halloween. Rob's version of the film gave more of a backstory to Michael, which I really enjoyed it. Of course, it had to be, you know, gore because it's a horror freaking movie. The film was released August 31st, 2007, which was Labor Day weekend. On that weekend alone, it grossed $30.5 million and held the record for box office on Labor Day weekend till 2021. Now that's like really awesome. Like really awesome because we have a lot of great movies that come out all the time. But his movie alone held that record that long. Of course, there was critics, like any movie. Some said he didn't bring anything new to the table, but he did. Like I said, he brought us a backstory to Michael's childhood. (laughs) But to each their own. Rob would also release a Zombie Alive album, much like, you know, Kiss Alive. Rob would work on projects in the film industry and stated that he didn't even want to make a sequel to Halloween 2, but I guess he got coaxed into it. But he went in his own, like, direction. He went a totally different route here with this film, and he didn't stick with how the original Halloween 2 went. No, he went on his own, like I said. Halloween 2 was released August 28, 2009. It received the worst critics of all time. (laughs) Not of all time, but it was really bad. It was like the critics just absolutely hated this film. But it did do well in the box office. So sometimes critics don't always know what they're talking about. After the film, Rob said he would not make another Halloween movie. Rob would go on to produce a movie called Haunted World of El Superbisto based on his comic book series. After that, he decided to make his fourth album, but he needed a new label. Geffen, had, Geffen Records turned into a different label, and Rob didn't want to be signed with them, so he would sign with Roadrunner Records. The fourth album is Hellbilly Deluxe 2. It was released February 2nd, 2010 by Roadrunner and produced by Rob Zombie. This would 
be the first album with Piggy D playing the bass. And this is the last album with Tommy playing the drums. He actually recorded this album in 2008, but due to Halloween 2 and the label situation, he postponed the release. The album peaked at number one on the rock billboard charts and number eight on the US billboard charts. This is a sequel to Hellbilly Deluxe, hence the name, and I believe it did quite well for itself. The track list is Jesus Frankenstein, Sick Bubblegum, What, Mars Needs Women, Werewolf Baby, Virgin Witch, Death, and Destiny Inside the Dream Factory, Burn, Cease to, ex cease to Exist, Werewolf Women of the SS, and The Man Laughs. For a total length of 46, sec 46 minutes and 20 seconds. Sick Bubblegum and What was the hits on this album, but I really enjoy Burn, and my kids love Mars Needs Women. This album sold 49,000 copies in the first week. I really enjoyed this album. It is really awesome. In 2011, he began working on the Lords of Salem movie, which was released in 2013. I watched it, and all I have to say, it sucked. <laughs> if you guys didn't, if you guys enjoy it, tell me why, because I cannot figure it out. I thought it was cool up until the very ending. The ending just sucked. So if you guys thought it was awesome, tell me why. <laughs> Rob would tour and work on a film over 2012. And in June of 2012, he went back to the studio to make his fifth album. The album is called Venomous Rat Regeneration vendor <laughs> now, that's a really weird name for a title of an album but anyway it was released april 23rd 2013 just four days after the lords of salem movie was released it was with his own record label called zodiac swan slash universal instead of roadrunner and was produced by bob marletta Marletta. <laughs> it's Marlet. How about that? Marlet. The album sold uh, about 34,000 copies in the first week and reached number seven on the billboards. This was Ginger Fish's first album with Rob playing the drums. The album got mixed reviews. Some hated it, some loved it. The track list is Teenage. Nosferaruna. Nosferaruna. And I'm not going to say the next word, but it rhymes with wussy. <laughs> Dead City Radio and the New Gods of Supertown. Revel Revelation Revolution. Theme for the Rat Vendor. Ging Gang Gong Do Gaga Laga Raga. <laughs> Rock and Roll in a Black Hole. Behold the pretty filthy creatures, white trash freaks. We're an American band, which is a grand funk 
Railroad cover, Lucifer Rising, The Girl Who Loved the Monsters, and Trade in Your Guns for Coffins for a total length of 38 minutes and 51 seconds. I enjoyed the cover of the Grand Front Railroad and Ging Gang Gong was a very catchy song to me. It was actually probably my favorite song on this album. <laughs> now, I find this interesting. In 2014, he did a voice-only role for Guardians of the Galaxy. He played a Ravenger navigator in February of 2015. He would do a second live album. His sixth, sixth Oh my God, how did I mess that up? His sixth studio album is the Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. Like, what the crap is up with that name? <laughs> wow, what a long name, guys. It was released April 29th, 2016 by Zodiac Swan slash Universal and produced by Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> the album debuted at number six on the billboards and sold 40,000 copies in the first week. The track list is The Last of the Demons, Default, Satanic, I'm probably going to mess this up, Satanic, Su Samus, I think it's Suicide, but spelt different. Satanic Suicide, The Killer Rocks On. The life and times of a teenage rock god. Well, everybody's effing in a UFO. A hearse that overturns with a coffin bursting open. The hideous exhibitions of the dedicated gore whore. Medication for the Malanaki. I cannot say that word. Malanaki. <laughs> We're going to say it's Malanaki, guys. In the age, the concentrate vampire, we all get high, super doom, hex gloom, part one, in the bone pile, get your boots on, that's the end of rock and roll, and Rosalek, Rosalek, Rosalek. For a total length of 31 minutes and 23 seconds. This is a very odd album, hence, you know, all the names for this album. Like, I think somebody might have been, you know, high or something. <laughs> but I did enjoy the song, Everybody's Effing in the UFO. It reached number one in the rock billboard charts. I'm just not a huge fan of this album. Judge me. It's cool. I don't care. <laughs> but it's got a lot of weird names for, on this album. Also, in 2016, his film 31 was released. He would spend the next couple of years touring and working on films. In October of 2019, Three From Hell was released on DVD. It was the sequel to Devil's Rejects. I have the movie at the house. I just haven't watched it yet, guys. Like, I know. I'm horrible. I should already have watched it, but I haven't. You know the spill. I got kids. 
and I don't have a lot of time to sit down and watch movies, especially something like that. I have to wait till they go to bed. You know what I mean. The seventh album is the Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. Another really long name. <laughs> it, was, it was released March 12, 2021 by Nuclear Blast Records and produced by Zeus again. This album peaked at number nine on the billboards and number one on the rock billboards. It sold 26,000 copies in the first week. A lot of people stream now, so sales are down in my opinion. That's all like that's all the reason why concert tickets are so high now. Because they can't make money off of album sales. But back on topic. John 5 has stated that this will be the best Rob Zombie album. The track list is Expanding the Head of Zed, The Triumphant of King Freak, The Ballads of Sleazy Rider, Hovering Over the Dull Earth, Shadow of the Cremator, Cremator, why am I messing that up? Shadow of the Sim, ah! Guys, like, it's late at night, so I'm screwing myself up. <laughs> Shadows of the Cemetery Man. Why was I going to say Cremator? <laughs> Shadows of the Cemetery Man. A brief static hum, and then the radio blared. 18th century cannibals. Excitable Morwalks. And a one-way ticket on a ghost train the internal struggles of the howling man the much talked of metamorphosis the satanic rites of blockula blackula shower of stones shake your a double s and smoke your grass boom 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 what you gonna do with that gun mama Get Loose, The Serenity of Witches, and Crow Killers Blue for a total length of 41 minutes and 50 seconds. Now, this is a whole other album with a bunch of weird names <laughs> and some really out there. Like, how do you come up with this stuff, man? <laughs> I have listened to this album, and it is definitely more heavier. I like Triumphant, the king freak and the internal struggles of the howling man those two songs i really enjoy them they're definitely good well besides touring for this album he did also start a new group with nikki six called the la rats which they did a cover of i've been everywhere for the movie the ice road in June of 2021, he began working on the film adaption of the TV series, The Monsters. Now, I've already seen it. It was definitely corny, and it was funny. So he stuck with the whole feel of The Monsters, like the TV show, and it gave a backstory. So it was really good, guys. So you are caught up with the man named Rob Zombie. You know about his marriage, that he's a vegan, 
and has a farm in Connecticut. Oh, I didn't tell you guys. He has a farm in Connecticut where he rescues farm animals. He is a private type person, but every now and then he slips up and opens up. I really have enjoyed his music over the years. I enjoyed the beat. I enjoyed the guitars. He is pretty good at changing his voice to the sound of the song. Kind of like what Scott Whalen is for Stone, Stone Temple Pilots. I love Dragula and Never Gonna Stop. Those two songs are what turned me on to him. Let's get to my top five albums. Coming in at number five, Venomous Rat Regeneration Fender. Number four, Educated Horses. Number three, Hellbilly Deluxe 2. Number two, Hellbilly Deluxe. And number one, The Sinister Urge. These are my top five. And it is what it is. Well, that's going to do it for this spooky Halloween episode. <laughs> the man has done it all. He's done movies. He's done music. And he's just constantly working on something. But on the next episode, we're going to be discussing Nirvana. So stay tuned for that one. Remember to give me a five-star review. And please go follow me at History of the Bands on Instagram, History of the Bands on TikTok, History OT Bands on Twitter, and go look at my website at historyofthebands.godaddysites.com. Until next episode, guys, please be safe and enjoy your Halloween. <laughs>